The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. I feel that from a young age, I was always fortunate enough to to know who Jesus was. I was I was kind of raised coming to faith, and and my parents were always adamant about bringing me to church and and being involved and. Um, there wasn't necessarily a pivotal moment to where I was, I just knew Jesus to actually, you know, deciphering the difference between then being shaped by Jesus. Uh, as I've just gotten older and gone through life and had more life experiences, I think that I've been able to reflect more and think about how he has shaped me and used me in ways that I never really realized. In my interactions and relationships with other people, I, I really just try to do my best to, to have an open mind. I've, I've come to realize that the more people that I meet, that everyone is, is so different that you're never going to find someone that really thinks the way that you do. And, and that's okay. My goal is throughout life is to develop relationships with people and to show them that I genuinely care about them as they are and for who they are that day, not for who they're going to be and not for who they were. Um, I, I just continue to try to, to practice that every single day and it's important to me because the only reason I am able to do that is because Jesus first did that for me and for all of us. As I continue to, to just look back and, and to look at my life, I realize that God has not only always had a hand in my life, but he's continuing to use me in, in ways that I, I never would have imagined. And over time, as I look back on those moments, I realize it was just Jesus working through me the whole time. I have to sit back and not only have patience, but just to realize that he's, he's at work and that I just need to have faith that it is in his hands and that I just need to continue to open my eyes and my ears and my heart to, to what he's doing and how he's working in my life. As much as I am extremely strong in my faith and as much as I love Jesus, to be Christ-like is something to strive to be and do but it's something that I feel that will just always be a work in progress in my life because at the end of the day, we're all human and, and we all sin, but my faith and my drive to be more Christ-like will always be there and it will always be something that will be longed for as well and continue to never be stagnant, to always want to be better and be better for him and for the people around me so that I can continue to grow as a person and grow in the, in the light of Jesus. Now, all throughout this series, what we've been talking about is this very unique invitation that every single one of us, that we've all received from Jesus, that that's an invitation to actually be in a relationship with God, a relationship that's unlike any other relationship that any of us will ever have. And we've been talking about how it is that that invitation 
how that affects us personally and individually, but at the same time, we've also been talking about how that invitation affects us and how it shapes us as a church, what it means for us as a church, that, that, that we can actually work together to help create a place where, where people feel and where they know that they actually belong, a place where we can come together and we can, we can challenge and we can help people to hear that they can be invited to believe, and a place where we can actually become followers and disciples of Jesus. And, and last week we talked about this idea of believe, and one of the things that we recognized right away last week is that no matter how hard we, we may try, no matter how much we, we may want to actually, you know, make somebody else believe, we, we can't do that, can we? I mean, that's, I can't make myself believe, you can't make yourself believe, we can't make someone believe something, that that, that is God's gift, that is God's work, that the Holy Spirit is the one who, who makes someone, who gives to someone the, the gift of faith. But, but what it is that we can do is that we can actually create environments where it's easier for, for other people to actually hear from God, places where they feel valued, places where they feel wanted, places where they can actually hear God's Word, because, because believing, believing always begins by actually hearing God's Word. And as we hear God's Word, as we hear Jesus speak to us, there are going to be times where Jesus actually challenges us to do things differently maybe than we're used to. We're going to actually hear times where Jesus asks us to take him fishing and to do something different in our relationships or do something different with our finances or do something different with our, our friendships maybe than what we're used to. And even though it may be something that's very different than what we've experienced before, because it's Jesus who's asking we can actually trust him with whatever it is that he's actually calling us to do. And it's in those moments that we actually see very clearly who it is that Jesus is, but we also see it, who it is that, that each one of us are. And what we realize is that Jesus doesn't actually want something from us, that instead Jesus actually wants something for us, that he wants something for each of us. And my hope is that every single one of us here, that each of you, that you could actually see yourself at some place in that story that we looked at last week. And maybe even you, like me, you could actually see yourself at a number of different places in that story all at the same time, perhaps. And so what we've done so far in this series is we've tried to get a picture and, and, and a feeling, and we've tried to experience what it is that each one of these words, what they mean individually, how they affect us individually, and we're going to do the same thing today as we talk about this word become. But then next week, beginning next week, we're going to actually start talking about what these words mean for us as a congregation, how it is that we as individuals, and especially how it is that we as a church, how it is that we can help other people to experience each one of these words, each one of these experiences in, in their own life as well. Now today, especially as we talk about this word become, this is going to be a, a little bit challenging for all of us. And part of the reason why this is going to be challenging is because when, when you think about this word become, I mean, this is not a, a word that, that doesn't, it doesn't express any kind of completion, does it? I mean, this word is ongoing. This is a, a, this is a process word. And so that's very, very important for us to understand. 
And as we think about this word and as we unpack this together today, I want us to think around the, the question of this. As people who would actually say that we belong to and that we believe in Jesus, what is it that we individually and what is it that we corporately, what is it that we are actually becoming? As people who say that we have a relationship with Jesus, what is it that, that other people are going to actually see in each one of us? Now, you stop and you think about that question and you realize how incredibly important it is because the truth is, is that people actually make decisions about Jesus and they make decisions about his church based on what it is that they see in in you and in me, right? Now, that that doesn't mean that any of us, that any of us are, are expected to be or that we even can be perfect, or or sinless, because obviously we cannot. I mean, on this side of eternity, none of us, none of us is ever going to be sinless. And yet, at the same time, we would expect that over time, as people who remain connected to and people who remain close to Jesus, you would expect that there would be some sort of, of visible change that would actually be able to be seen, wouldn't you? And what's interesting is if you were to pose this kind of question to Jesus, if you would say to Jesus, okay, what is it, Jesus, that, that, that you w- would want other people to see in us as your followers? Jesus, what is that thing I- in us that you would want to see in us that would kind of mark us, that would, would distinguish us amongst all those other people that are in the world? Jesus, what is it that, that you would, would say that that would be? See, if you were to ask Jesus the question, what's really kind of odd is that really he doesn't have very much to say. In in fact, Jesus only has one thing to say. He says, "I, I want you to love one another. And then he kind of kicks it up a notch and he says this, you know, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know. That you are my disciples if you love one another. By this kind of love, Jesus says, by this kind of love that you have experienced from me. By this, Jesus says, everyone will know that you are one of my disciples. In other words, Jesus is saying, this is the mark. This is the thing. This is the distinguishing characteristic. This is how I I want other people to actually be able to kind of pick you out. This is what I want other people to see in you. It's what I want other people to experience in you. I I want them to to see this and and look at you and say, you know, he must know Jesus or, 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 or she. You know, she must know Jesus. And this is really quite amazing because this is the only time. I mean, this is the only time where Jesus actually says to us that this is the thing that I want to to mark you and distinguish you as someone who belongs to and who is connected, as someone who actually believes in me. And the tension with this for all of us is that, you know, we've all heard this so many times. Right? It's so easy. We've heard this so many times. It's so easy to say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. Love one another. Love one another. I get it. I get it. I've heard it before. What else have you got for me? But see, Jesus says this isn't a throwaway. This is not some kind of a, a slogan. This is not 
meant to be a a religious tagline. Jesus says, I really want this to be the thing that marks you. I want it to be the thing that defines you and distinguishes you. And the reason why Jesus actually leaves this so open-ended, the reason why uh, he, he doesn't kind of you know, close the door on this for us is because Jesus knows that in every single one of us there is this tendency towards rule-keeping and away from relationship-building. Because I am always the one who's in control whenever it comes to keeping rules. And so when keeping rules is the focus, I'm the one who gets to decide who's in and who's out. I'm the one who gets to decide who's accepted and who's unaccepted. And see, the truth is, over time, it is so incredibly easy for keeping rules to become the focus. And when that becomes the focus, rather than building relationships, see, the truth is it's very, very easy to actually mistreat each other in the name of Jesus because, because it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking, you know, I don't have to worry about being nice to you as long as Jesus is happy, as long as Jesus is happy with me. And so Jesus is saying to us, I want to be very, very clear about this. The goal, the thing that should mark you, the thing that should define you, the thing that that should distinguish you as one who belongs and one who believes in me is what it is that you become. It's how well you love. Don't ever, don't ever replace the, the, the relationship that you have with other people with some kind of a ritual or a routine, some type of a rule. Don't ever allow that to become the distinguishing mark as one who is connected to me. And see, this is so incredibly challenging for all of us because inside all of us there is this natural tendency to to confuse discipline with discipleship. Right? It's so easy for us to, to fall into the trap of thinking, you know, as long as I have my disciplines in my prayer time, as long as I have my do's and my don'ts, as long as I'm becoming a, a more disciplined person. But Jesus says, don't, don't, don't ever allow those things to somehow become a substitute for how it is that you actually treat other people. And it's not that any of those things are bad. Because they're not. But see, what we have to always recognize is this, that that all through the Scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament, the, the rules that God gives to us, those rules are always meant to actually preserve relationships. They're never meant to be a substitute for them. And that's true in both our relationships with each other as well as our relationship with God Himself. And the thing that makes this even more complicated is that for many of us, for many of us, one of the biggest obstacles that we've faced in our own spiritual lives is is coming to actually think about God. When we actually think about God, to think of Him as a Heavenly Father. The fact that in our lives, the person or the people that that knew the most about God and the most about Jesus and the most about the, the Bible, that was actually the meanest person you knew wasn't it? 
And so there is this tendency in all of us, in all religion, there is this tendency to move away from relationships and towards rules and routines and rituals. And see, the truth is that the reason why that happens is actually very simple. It is a lot easier. It is much easier. It is way easier to simply check items off of a list rather than love people who are actually difficult to love, isn't it? And yet Jesus says to us, don't do that. Do not do that. Do not substitute a relationship with me or a relationship with each other for a series of rules and routines and rituals. I want you to actually love one another in the very same way that I have loved each one of you. That is what I want you to become, Jesus says. Now, the good news in all this is the tension that you feel and the tension that I feel around this. This is in no way new. In fact, the church, the church has struggled with this from the very, very beginning. And history actually tells us very clearly that when the church gets this right, then God does amazing, amazing things through very, very ordinary people. People like me and people like you. And people like us, God actually uses us to, to spread the gospel and to share the gospel, and it moves like wildfire all throughout our world. But this drift away from relationships and towards rules, towards routines, towards rituals, this is in no way new. In fact, in the very first churches that were actually planted by the Apostle Paul, we can see this. We can see this quite clearly. And so there's, it's no coincidence that all through the letters that the Apostle Paul writes to these churches that he's planted, there's this constant reminder of what it is that he wants these people in these churches to become. What, what it is that, that Jesus actually wants to create in us as people who belong to and who believe in him. Take out your Bibles, open them up to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Now, it's in the book of Colossians specifically when Paul writes to the people in the, in the city of Colossae that, that the Apostle Paul, he takes this and he takes this idea uh, and this image of Christ-likeness and, and he paints a picture for us. He gives to us a series of words that help us understand and experience and, and feel exactly what it is that, that this word means, what it is that he wants us to become. And again, it's so incredibly important that we understand it as we read this together today that this is the goal, that, that, this is, that this is what it is that he wants to do inside each of us. And just like we heard Steve telling us in the video, that every single one of us, that we are a work in progress, that we literally are Jesus' work, we are his workmanship, in progress. And this is what it is that he is making us into. This is what it is that he wants us to become. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, the Apostle Paul is writing to us. He's writing to Christians. And he says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
clothe yourselves, or, or more literally, cover yourselves, he says. And then he gives to us a series of very, very specific words that are meant to help us to understand what it is he wants us to be covered in, what it is that we are to become as people who belong to and believe in Jesus. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, if you take that very first word, that word compassion, now in the Greek, there's actually two separate words in this text that we, we put together to form this one single English word. And the reason why there's two words there is because these words are expressing something every one of us have said and felt, which is this. If, if you tell someone else that you really love them, what you say to them is that you love them with all your heart. But in the Greek, what it says is that I, I love you with all my guts, which is kind of gross and nasty if you think about it. But what Paul's trying to get us to understand is a feeling that every single one of us have experienced before, which is that when, you're, when your heart breaks for another person, you don't feel that up here, do you? You feel that down here. And, and Paul says that, that, that is the feeling. That, that is this feeling of, of compassion. That's what I want you to actually be covered in. You see, that's so important for us to understand because that's very, very different than you should have studied harder, isn't it? Now, you got to say you should have studied harder, right? You should have worked harder. Well, yeah, I I probably should have. But that doesn't need to be the first thing I say, right? Paul says the initial reaction The initial response, I I want that to be compassion. As people who belong to and who believe in in Jesus, I I want us to actually display that that we feel what it is that other people are experiencing, that we display and that we show that, that we feel what it is that other people are actually going through. He says, this is what I want you to cover yourself in. And again, this is so incredibly important that, that we feel this regardless of the fact that perhaps they were wrong. Regardless of the fact the Apostle Paul says that maybe they could have actually done something to prevent this from happening to them. Regardless of the fact that maybe you actually warned them three times not to do what they just did. Paul says, as people who belong to and who believe in Jesus, I I want you to be covered in this. This is what I want you to become. And then he adds another word for us. Kindness. You know what kindness really is? See, kindness is when you loan your strength to someone else. Kindness is someone actually needs something to be done, and so you go and you do it for them. You extend yourself. You loan them your strength. 
Paul says, as people who belong to and who believe in Jesus, I want you to be covered in this. I want you to be covered in compassion. I want you to be covered in kindness. I I want you to actually loan to other people your capacity. I want you to loan those things that your Heavenly Father has actually given to you. He's given you strength. He's given you capacity. Now I want you to go and loan that to other people. I want you to cover yourself with that, he says. And then he adds another word, humility. Now, again, this is one of these words that we all kind of, you know, we all sort of know what, what this word means, but it's really important that we understand in this context, all of these words are in relationship to, to one another. And so humility, what humility is, is humility is actually seeing myself as I really am. See, it's seeing myself, it's you seeing yourself, it's seeing ourselves accurately, and most importantly, it's seeing ourselves the way that God actually sees us. It's me seeing myself the way that God actually sees me. And the fact that I can do or, or not do a particular thing better or, or worse than you, that, that's not what makes me special. Just like that's not what, what makes you special. See, what makes us special is that our Heavenly Father loves us. What makes humanity special is that God has actually conferred a very, very unique value upon each one of us by giving up His Son to die for us. That's what makes humanity special. And humility is what allows each one of us to interact as equals. No matter what it is that we do or don't do, no matter what it is that we have or don't have, regardless of our age. Humility. Humility, the Apostle Paul says, is what allows you to interact with another person and to look at that person eye to eye and see them as someone who is so loved and so valued and so wanted that Jesus actually gave up his life just for them just as he did for me, just as he did for you. The the Apostle Paul says, when when you interact with people, especially if you're a person who's accomplished a lot, when you interact with other people and and you're kind of well-known, you know, people know who you are in your company, they they know who you are in your, your industry perhaps, They know who you are in your division. When you interact with other people and and you happen to be the, the captain of the team, the Apostle Paul says to us, I want you to remember that's not the thing that makes you special. The thing that makes you special is the exact same thing that makes the other person special. What makes you special is that the God who has invited every single one of us to actually call him our Heavenly Father, That he loves that person unconditionally, just like he loves you unconditionally. And then he goes on, and he adds another word for us. And he says gentleness. Now again, this is another word we all kind of know what gentleness means. But see, gentleness, gentleness is my decision to respond to you out of your strengths and out of your weaknesses and not simply out of my own strength. 
Gentleness is, is, is me responding to you. Not out of my strength, but based on your strengths and your weaknesses. Gentleness is the difference between me, me picking up a baby and me picking up my 16-year-old son. I've got the capacity to do both. But I'm going to vary my approach. I'm going to vary my strength based on the other person's needs. Now, you know what that means in a relationship? See, in a relationship, what that means is that I'm not going to come into a conversation and I'm not going to try to maintain a relationship from a position of what it is that I've done, what it is that I've accomplished, my, my achievements, my, my knowledge, my wisdom, my insight, my experiences. It, it means that I'm going to intentionally gear down to the level that the other person is at. And this is not about being condescending in some way. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything like that. It has everything to do with communicating to the other person that my relationship with you, that is much more important to me than you being impressed with me. My relationship with you is much more important to me than you somehow being impressed by how powerful I am. That, the Apostle Paul, is gentleness. And then he wraps up and he gives us this final word and he says patience. And again, we, we all know what, what patience is, right? Patience is the decision that each one of us make to actually move at the pace of another person. Patience is where we say, you know what, I'm going to move at, at your pace instead of mine. And so the Apostle Paul, he says to us, these are the things that that, that, that I want you to become. These are the things that I, I, I want as people who belong to and who believe in Jesus. This is what I want you to become, not out of your own power, not out of your own will or determination, but as you remain connected to, as you remain close to your Savior, this is what I want you to become, he says. And then he continues in verse 13. And he says, Bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And then right away he brings us back to the basis on which he's saying all of these things to us. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. In fact, all of this is I want you to be compassionate as God was compassionate with you. I want you to be gentle as God was gentle with you. I want you to be patient as God has been patient with you. I want you to be kind as God has been kind with you. I, I want you to be accepting as God has been accepting with you. I, I want you to, to, to make other people feel valued and wanted just as your Heavenly Father has made you feel valued. Just as He has made you feel wanted. Paul says to us, do you remember how many times how many times you said to your heavenly Father, I would never, and then I did anyway? Do you remember how kind he was with you? How gentle? How patient? Paul says, I want you to be covered in that. 
I want that to be the thing that other people actually see in you. I want that to be the thing that other people experience in you. I want you to be known for that as people who belong and people who believe in Jesus, as people who are becoming His disciples. Now, the problem with a sermon like this, right, is that this doesn't come natural, does it? I mean, it doesn't for me, so I'm assuming it doesn't for you either. And the reason, in fact, that we know that this doesn't come natural for any of us is because it's Jesus himself who actually said, when he said this to us, he says, I am telling you something that's new. I'm telling you something that's different. I mean, if it was natural, Jesus would never have had to say that. If it was natural, the disciples, that we would just be doing this because you just naturally do what is natural to you. But but Jesus says, "I, I want you to love, not the way that people deserve to be loved, but the way that I have loved you. And that is not natural. And that's why I'm telling you, Jesus says. That's why he says, I'm giving you a, a new command, not a new suggestion. That's why Jesus says it is not natural. That's why the Apostle Paul says to us as people who are truly, dearly loved, I I want you to cover yourselves in these things because it is not natural. And so for me, what what this looks like, I don't know what it looks like for you, but for me what it looks like is in the morning as I'm getting ready for my day, it's me actually saying to God, God, I need you to do this in me. God, you have given to me a type A personality. God, I have a to-do list right now, and you know that if I don't get everything done on my to-do list, then I am not going to sleep tonight. God, you you know I I have zero tolerance for anything less than 110%. God, that's how you've made me. And you know what, God, the truth is I'm thankful for that. But God, you've got to do this in me. God, this is not natural to me. I cannot do this myself. And see, the truth is, the less natural any of these things are for any one of us individually or for all of us collectively, then the more obvious it is that it is God who is actually doing these things in us. That it is God who is actually making us to become any of these things. Besides, what's the other option? This? You know what this is? See, this is about making a point. Jesus did not come here to make a point. He could have been here for 15 minutes and gone. No need to die on a cross if all you want to do is make a point. See, Jesus actually came here to make a difference, and the church is actually here to to make a difference. And the difference is made when people actually see a person who has been saved by Jesus. The the difference is made when people actually see a person who's heard Jesus call their name. 
The difference is made in culture, and the difference is made in your marriage, and the difference is made with your kids, and the difference is made with your parents, and the difference is made in your school. The the difference is made where you work, and, and the difference is made in your community, not by this. Not by this. The difference is made when people actually see a person who has heard Jesus call their name, who has actually seen who they are and who Jesus is. The the difference is made when people, when they actually experience an incredible kindness, an overwhelming generosity, a, a, a patience that they have never experienced anywhere from anybody in the course of their entire life and which is completely not natural. The difference is made when people love other people, not the way they deserve to be loved, but the way that we have been loved by our Savior, Jesus. And in the very same way that Jesus' overwhelming love has made a difference in you, See, it is the overwhelming love of Jesus that will make a difference through you as we, as each of us, as we become Jesus' disciples. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you know how incredibly easy it is for for every single one of us to lose sight of this. Father, to hear Jesus' words to us, for me to hear Jesus' words to me as being words for someone else, and and yet not for, for me somehow, Father, you, you know how easy that is, how often that happens. And so, Father, for that, we ask for your forgiveness. And Jesus, as a, a people, as a group of people who have been loved and who have been saved by you, we do, we want to, to, to be, we want to look more like you. And Jesus, we know that that none of us, that none of us can do that on our own. Just as none of us can save ourselves, just as, Jesus, we needed you to save us, Jesus, we also need you to, to do this in us, to shape us and to make us into who it is that you want us to become, into this image of Christ likeness. That people would actually see just a glimpse of you in us. And so Jesus, our prayer in this moment is that today, for me, for each of us, Jesus, we ask that you would would cover us in compassion. Jesus, help me not to just immediately react Help me to show the the people in my life, especially those who are hurting, 
especially those that, that I care about and that are struggling. Jesus, help me to show them that, that, that I care and that I feel the hurt that they are going through. And Jesus' humility, I mean, you, you know how easy it is for, for me, you know how easy it is for each of us to think more highly of ourselves than we should. And so, Jesus, we ask that you help, help us to see ourselves. Help me to see myself. Help me to see the people in my life through the same eyes and in the same way that you see them and that you see me. Heavenly Father, help me to, to remember those areas in my own life where you have been overly generous. And so you have called me to be overly faithful. That, that I wouldn't somehow try to find my value or my worth and what it is that I've accomplished or what I have. That I wouldn't find my worth in what I don't have. But instead that, that each one of us personally and individually, that we would see, that we would find our worth in the incomparable value, Jesus, that, that has been conferred upon each of us by you when you actually gave up your life for me and for us. Jesus, I pray that as a church, you would help us to see every single person walks through these doors, who walks through the doors of our homes and our businesses and our schools, that you would help us to see each of those people individually with those very same eyes. And Jesus, we want to be kind. Please bring to our, our minds those opportunities that each one of us have to, to loan our strength, to loan those things that you've actually given to us, to loan those to other people, to be gentle, to, to respond to people not based out of my own strength, but to see each person and the need that they have in the moment and help me to respond to them based on that. And finally, Jesus, we ask that you'd help us to be patient as a people. For me to put my to-do list and my schedule to the side just long enough to see how it is that I actually have the opportunity to show your love to a person who needs to see your love right now in this moment. And Jesus, to forgive. Help me, Jesus, to forgive, not because someone deserves to be forgiven, but simply because you have forgiven me and you have forgiven us. Jesus, this is our prayer. This is what we ask you to make us. This is what we want to become. More and more like you. Every day.
All of this we pray in your name, Jesus.